0: Hello and welcome back to A Better World. This is your host Mitchell J. Rabin and I'm very glad you're joining us again today. Today we're going to be looking at a very serious problem that has gotten very little airtime yet deserves a lot. Uh, We have a roundtable on the subject of fossil fuel and fracking in upstate New York that uh, is reaching a level of polluting and affecting adversely affecting people's health very dramatically and significantly. And for that reason, we have put together today's, today's uh, round table and the members of the round table will be Tony Ingrafia, PhD and PA uh, from Cornell University. In fact, Tony has been on before covering uh, the subject of fracking going back quite some time. Varushka Francesi, who is the founder of Shapeshift Dream Productions, who has been a beautiful actress and uh, model over the course of years, and calls herself the accidental um, activist. It's a great name. Um, When she learned about some of what has been going on globally, environmentally, and the like, she was, as is appropriate, outraged and uh, stunned and has been very active in uh, taking steps to remediate the situation and today's talk and uh, roundtable is part of that and James Cromwell the extremely well-known actor uh, renowned around the world for his roles in so many uh, films and theater pieces it would take us the rest of the show to go into so but he has also got a stunning career as an activist and has taken his name and celebrity to these various issues and projects to help bring increased awareness to the world about the seriousness of the situation we are currently facing as a state and as a planet. And, Pramila Malik, who is the mother of four, an environmental activist, a community organizer, and ran for state senate in New York's 42nd district. She has been a founder of Protect Orange County and Principled Progressives. She has been very active since at least uh, 2011 in the entire matter of fracking in New York State, and she has been an outspoken person about these issues so it's really a pleasure and an honor from the to have you on with us as well today so uh, picking up from where we were I would like Tony if you would kindly lay out the science of this situation of fracking especially in these particular power plants in New York what you have seen and then if you would follow that with uh, the issues of health, the health hazards that you have seen as a scientist over the
1: course of time. Sure, Uh, thank you, Mitchell. It's an honor to be back with you on the show and a great honor to be with the rest of the people on this discussion panel this morning. So um, I'll frame the issue as New York's continued love of fossil fuels, fossil fuel infrastructure, uh, and the burning and emission of greenhouse gases from that fossil fuel infrastructure, with particular attention to two very large gas fired power plants c p v and cricket valley so and what are the locations of these the operation of those plants together
0: what What are the locations of those?
1: plants. Uh, CPV is in Orange County and Cricket Valley, I believe, is Westchester. Duchess. That right?
2: duchess.
1: duchess. Okay. So um, those power plants are large. CPV was large. Cricket Valley is nearly twice as large. Uh, Cricket Valley has about the same energy capacity generation as a large nuclear power plant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and accordingly, it emits a horrendous amount of carbon dioxide and methane, Carbon dioxide and methane, laying out the science here, are the two predominant anthropogenic greenhouse gases. They are responsible for causing and continuing to exacerbate climate change on the large and human health impacts locally. So I have done a thorough review of the literature on climate change. I'm now teaching a course on climate change at Cornell University. And so I'm going to just quote, a very important finding of the intergovernmental panel on climate change. That is the premier collection of scientists from around the world who for the last 25 years have been dedicating their careers to the science behind climate change. And here's what they have to say most recently, excuse me, as I read it to you, don't weep yet. That erudite body, the IPCC says that for humanity, to have a two in three chance of limiting global warming to 1.5 degrees centigrade. All the countries that signed the Paris Accord, 350 billion tons total for the rest of humanity, for the rest of our lives, for the rest of the planet Earth. We only have 350 billion tons of CO2 left in our carbon budget. Here's the kicker. Currently, the world is emitting 40 billion tons every year. So if we were to continue on our current path, we have fewer than eight years left to break our carbon budget, which means at that point, we have a one in three chance of blowing past 1.5 degrees centigrade. Let that sink in for 10 seconds. We have a one in three chance eight years from now of blowing past 1.5 degrees centigrade. And what's worse is that we are not keeping CO2 emissions constant worldwide. They're actually increasing worldwide. And New York State, unfortunately, is doing its best to contribute to that increase by building these behemoths, these very large natural gas burning power plants. Another way of saying the same thing I just said, without all the numbers, is that if we're to avoid climate catastrophe for every human being on Earth, we have to be decreasing the emissions of CO2 and methane, not keeping them steady, not substituting a gas-fired power plant for a coal-fired power plant. That's running in place. You're not making any progress. Progress means decreasing, not staying the same, not increasing. In fact, New York State is increasing its CO2 and methane emissions. That's the big science picture. What does it mean? What does 1.5 degrees centigrade mean? It means about a half degree centigrade warmer than we've already gotten since the industrial revolution. So all the effects of climate change we see manifest on the front pages of the newspaper, and on evening news, are going to get much worse. So there will be flooding. There will be, more, but there will be more droughts. There will be more intense hurricanes. There will be tornadoes in places that we've never seen them before. Uh, we will have famine because of loss of farmland and drought. We will have floods displacing people. All those things I'm saying are happening right now. And they're going to get much worse over the next eight years as we blow by that 1.5 degree centigrade. If remaining the on the same course, that is. of climate change. Yes. yes. One more minute, local effects. So when the Cricket Valley people published their preliminary uh, environmental impact statement back in 2011, that entire impact statement ignored most of what I just said. When they submitted their final environmental impact statement, everything they had to say about climate change and human health was limited to one page. One page. And they ignored everything I said, plus all the local effects of the As in the health effects. I'm sorry, say again? As in the health effects. As in the health effects. There are local health effects, not just the global ones coming from climate change, Sure. but there are emissions coming from those plants. There are emissions coming from all the material supplies, traffic coming into those plants, and those are affecting people in upstate New York every day, every hour, as they breathe, live, and work. That's the background. Thank you, Tony, for that intensely
0: and overly sobering report. And, uh, of course, I'm familiar with a good part of it. But uh, nonetheless, it's it's always shocking to hear the severity of the situation. Um, thank you. Uh, Pramila, I know you have been so intensely involved, you and Jamie and Verushka, in this. In your case, you have children who have been very adversely affected by the power plants. Could you tell us a little bit about the larger picture, and then zoom in, if you will, no pun intended, on the uh, effects that you have directly experienced yourself and in your own family.
2: So, I mean, as Tony, you know, kind of explained, the public health impact is the other side of the climate change coin, because the same emissions that are heating up the planet are also Poisoning people, um, you know they, they cause respiratory illness, they cause asthma. My, um, my son developed asthma in 2008 when the pipeline to serve that power plant was first formed. Um, it was in 2008 we you know it just came out of the blue, and the doctor kind of you know commented a few times that it's very unusual for a child to get asthma as a 16 year old. he was 16 at the time. Uh And uh, that it's normally, you know, uh, um, uh, an illness that children have when they're little and they kind of outgrow it. But it was kind of odd that he developed it at 16. We did not know about the pipeline. It was installed near our house um, without any notification. But, you know, and uh, we took note of that. Um, You know, luckily for, for our family, that home was a weekend kind of summer home um and so he wasn't exposed to it 24/7 um 7 days a week but over the course of the years i kind of began to notice that he only was only ill when we were there he only had asthma attacks when we were there um in 2000 so you
0: um, didn't connect the dots between the output and emissions and your son's health because was the was the air, uh, odorous? I mean, could you smell, detect?
2: No, most of the time. No. Um, sometimes, you know, when there's a leak, um, you can tell. So uh, that was in 2008, they put the pipeline in and then, excuse me, in 2012, they built a compressor station near my home. And during that period, my daughter began getting severe nosebleeds. Once again, only when we were in that home near that infrastructure.
0: Not down in New York City, interestingly, where the air was finer.
2: Right. So uh, we um, initiated a study, you know, the compressor state, you know, we did our best. That's when I started getting involved. We did our best to try to stop uh, this build out. Once I became aware of it through the um, uh, development of the compressor station, Uh, we did our best to stop it. We were not successful, of course, because of corruption. Uh, because, you know, all of this build out is a result of a uh, an agenda that all of our politicians have wholeheartedly committed to. Um, so we were not able to when stop. When you
0: say all of our politicians, are you talking about on the state level or beyond?
2: Local, state, and federal bipartisan consensus is that this country has 100% committed to frack gas dependency. And you know that's a, we can talk about that a little bit later, but I just want to quickly you know go over health impacts. The compressor station was built, became operational. It wasn't. Really um, it were, um, the other children in the community also started getting nosebleeds. Um, uh, moms also started getting nosebleeds. So we um, we initiated the study. It was the first of its kind. Um, in the country that looked at health impacts around gas infrastructure around gas compressor stations. And it was um, conducted by the Environmental Health Project of Pennsylvania. And it was the, you know, it documented clearly a correlation between the development of this uh, project and numerous health impacts, respiratory illnesses, neurological illnesses, um, nosebleeds were very common. And then we also measured uh, for different types of pollutants, including particulate matter, volatile organic compounds. And we found uh, very high concentrations of these chemicals in our air that in, in a community that used to be a pristine agricultural district, in which all industrial development was prohibited. Um, but because of the eminent domain and the privilege these gas companies uh, get, they can cite these um, facilities anywhere they want. Um, you know, on critical farmland, on endangered species habitat. Anywhere. And isn't
0: there some kind of environmental impact study? Isn't there some kind of planning and zoning boards that have to ju- vote and jurisdict on some level about what gets built where?
2: Yeah, if you're a normal project, yes. But when it comes to the oil and gas industry in this country, especially when it comes to the fracking enterprise, all of the environmental protection that we have are utterly meaningless because they are disregarded. They're not applied. And how
0: about the ban on fracking that I have on my website that Cuomo oversaw and instituted? What is the bearing of that relative to all what you're saying?
2: in my opinion um it was a trade and a deception it was a a misleading deception to deceive people into thinking that um the governor was um environmentally conscious when he actually he was facilitating this massive build out of frack gas infrastructure um you know transforming new york state to one of the most um largest consumers of frac gas in the country. I think we used to be fifth, now we're fourth. We're on target to be the fir- largest consumer of frac gas in the country soon. Um, so I, in my opinion, it was a deception. Okay.
0: Let's get back to you shortly. Let us bring in Jamie and Varushka. Jamie, you've been on the front lines of this, the activism portion, I know along with others here. Uh, in what What is your position in all of us? What is it that inspired you to be active the way you have been, literally on the front lines?
3: Um, I'm interested in root causes. Um, why does this happen? Um, and who is responsible? Um, I believe that we live in the age of radical evil. If you know that term, Hannah Art described it. Um, and I'll read what she said. Radical evil uh, renders vast numbers of people superfluous. They possess no value at all. They uh, were, once they could be utilized by the powerful, discarded as human refuse. In other words, we don't count. Um, and these, this is the condition that leads to a revolution. The revolution that Bernie is talking about Our institutions are failing us. Our governments are failing us. Um, Certainly corporate um, capitalism bears the primary responsibility for what is happening uh, to our climate, uh, to our civil liberties, uh, to our viability as a species, uh, to the way we relate to each other, uh, to the violence that is imposed upon us. Uh, in the restriction of our rights, our civil rights. Uh, corporate capitalism is antithetical to democracy and it has to be opposed. So, that, you know, it was, we have tried, uh, I was part of it, uh, Pramila primarily uh, at CPV have tried almost everything available uh, to a, a polity to oppose what they see as an inimical threat. To their survival, uh, and both as a community, as a as a as a people, as a country, um, we went to jail. Uh, we picketed. We petitioned. We 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 sat down in the governor's office. Uh, we've had literally millions of people marching. It makes little or no difference. What seems to be working at this point in the revolution is uh, uh, extension extinction survival. Um, uh, the English group, um, and Greta Thunberg, uh, we have to, everybody has to get out in the streets. What What is happening electorally now is Bernie's way of a revolution. In other words, to reform what is going on by getting into a position of power, but it will not work unless people are engaged in mass public demonstration of civil disobedience and forcing our leaders to do what is necessary to preserve our ability to live and our, our rights as Americans. So that's my interest. Uh, it always has been since the very first time I got involved in radical politics, which was in the 60s. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it hasn't changed at all. It's still the same people doing it. Uh, and the resistance is effective only only when there is a mass movement. So when you thank you for all of that, that's very powerful,
0: uh, and your commitment extraordinary, and it's beautiful to see. What happened when you sat down in the governor's office? So you were meeting with Cuomo and and you two, Pramila, and nothing happened.
3: Oh, oh no way! We were not meeting with Cuomo. Wouldn't get us let us anywhere near him. Oh, we sat down in the reception room that you're allowed to sit down with all those people. And they sent some flunky out, uh, basically to say, oh, oh, well, the governor is very busy or he's not here or some other lie. And then basically they just shine oh. you on. Well, of course we will, we will pre- present your petition or your, um, uh, your demands to the governor and I'm sure he'll respond to you and it's all horseshit. It doesn't work.
0: It's just a bunch of strong arming. That's so profoundly sad. It's power is,
3: does, powerless.
0: Yes. Thank you, Jamie, so much for input here. Uh, Varushka, I described you as the accidental activist. Of course, that's something, a uh, name you have kind of ascribed to yourself. Uh Tell me, what is your role in uh, dealing with the issues of these power plants? You and Pramila have made it clear to me uh, how pernicious these two are and are truly leading um, components of of, uh, pollution in, in New York State. And of course, Tony, as you were saying earlier, it has the effervescent effects of affecting um, the climate across the planet, of course. So, Varushka, how would you like to um, share with us what your place is with us?
4: Well, um, I, first of all, I just wanted to say thank you for doing this because I think it's really important that we get this message across to as many people as possible at this particular moment because unfortunately the media is not doing its job. I'm talking about the mainstream media, is not actually reporting on the important things. Um, this is one of the most important stories. It's absent. In fact, um, the reason why I got involved, um, and I really am an accidental activist, because I've never really been involved with anything like this before. But when I found out what was going on, um, especially you know with the whole fracked gas infrastructure build out um, and the, what it means... It's it's so serious, and it's something that everybody needs to know about. It's not not something that really very many people do know about. So that's why I'm involved, and I'd like to, in any way possible, make sure that this information gets to as many people as possible. Um, what's amazing right now is that we do have um, we we do have a movement, and that's that's really inspiring. Um, one of the most inspiring things, I think, at this particular moment is the youth movement and what Jamie was talking about, Extinction Rebellion and the youth movement together. Um, I think that that is the way that we're going to get any information that we need to across to the general public about the importance of this climate emergency that we're in, because it's not being phrased as that. Um, we're not being told exactly what that this is an emergency. Uh, and one of the most important things is to stop the fracked gas infrastructure build-out because it, it does even have a chance. And um, there's there's a study that um, Tony can talk about um, that one of his colleagues um, actually wrote um, that came out in August, I believe, um, that connects the dots with the, um, the connection between the fracked gas build-out and also the release of methane and how methane is actually much more serious than CO two for, for climate change. And again, that's something that people don't know about. So if we were able to stop the fracking and the fracked gas build-out, then we would actually have a chance. So I you know I think that this is one of the most important things to to relay to the public. So that's yes, my yes, yes, yes,
0: yes. So we have, you know, on the microscopic level, you we have the issues of the kinds of gases that are being emitted uh, and of yes. critical importance, because I, I actually think a lot of people who have been paying attention know that methane is some 75 to 100 times uh, more lethal, literally, than, um, than CO2 and harder to sequester as well. Uh, that's a whole other conversation that uh, let's touch on. All the way to the macro picture of what you were talking about, Jamie, of looking at the entire socio-economic, socio-political situation, and ultimately the way the human mind seems to work in groups and in its delegation and issues of governance, the way we tend to manage power, which is, as you were quoting the philosopher Arendt, you know, nothing short of psychopathological and mm-hmm. sociopathic. And this is, of course, a, a profound, that I tend to look at things that way. I look at it from the point of view of the uh, psychology of the group dynamic that will continue to uh, foist these absolutely horrific practices like fracking on the human population at any cost if it's for personal gain. And I see this uh, greed as a, as a sickness. And I think that we need to name it for what it is. Uh, So we're in a 35 or so minute interview. We've spanned the whole planet in a way, and I'm going to have to reconvene this because this is just the beginning of, I think, what is a a very important dialogue. But while we're together, Tony, if you would, per Verushka's suggestion, just distinguish for us the differences between the different greenhouse gases. I mean, I understand there are some 92 or so greenhouse gases altogether, Um, but is there a difference between the methane generated from fracking and the methane generated from cow and hog dung? Uh,
1: The answer is no, methane is methane once it gets into the atmosphere. Um, But the most important thing to understand that you already mentioned, that once methane gets into the atmosphere, over the next eight years, I mentioned eight years earlier as the crisis point, uh, that methane is 100 times or or more potent than carbon dioxide as a global warming agent. So yeah, we have to decrease methane emissions from all methane sources, but the largest methane source right now in the United States is from oil and gas operations. And Vereshka mentioned that my colleague at Cornell, Bob Howarth, published a paper a few months ago that attempts to prove that the drastic increase in methane concentration in the atmosphere is in fact mostly coming from operations in shale. What we have been talking about today, using the word fracking, we all understand what we mean by that. We mean getting oil and gas out of shale. That's the big revolution that has occurred. Yes. So, yeah, that's little molecule, CH4. That's, that's the real-time killer right now. We can do more to fight climate change by decreasing methane emissions in the near term than we can by fighting carbon dioxide emissions. All the more reason to look at the fossil fuel infrastructure build-out and use of methane, natural gas in New York, as something we all personally have to address.
0: Beautiful. Thank you. Uh, Jamie, you kind of um, warmed the cockles of my heart when you mentioned Bernie Sanders, <laughs> because I have been a great proponent of Bernie for a long time now. And I appreciate, and I do believe that of all the candidates, many of whom have a lot to bring to the table, he is the fiercest and I feel the most powerful articulator. Um, in closing, would I'd love to have you and Pramila and Varushka just say, uh, kind of last word here for our audience. And then hopefully with the agreement that we can pick up on this dialogue when we have more time and uh, really flesh it out in further depth. Jamie, would you give uh, some last words here? Thoughts? Yeah.
3: Um, you know, I, I, I'm in the same boat as everybody else because I'm as much hooked into the system as we all are. Uh, I depend on my work for these corporations um uh, i have this technology that has invaded my life uh and that spies me and so i'm i i understand and i understand people's hesitancy when their own survival there lots of people in this country are hanging on by their fingernails uh literally uh or failing or falling into homelessness or poverty for um, reasons of that we all know of uh, it's an untenable position, but it's, and, you know, it's not enough to know the information and to talk about it um, and to say, isn't that wrong? And shouldn't we do something? You know, one, a individual person has to say, I can't do this anymore. I can't be a part of this anymore. When that becomes the moral responsibility, it goes out of the realm of the reasonable and and into where every one of us becomes an, an activist, an accidental activist, an activist by choice. I'm, I would exhort people, do something. Get involved. First inform yourself, then get involved and do something. Join the kids because it's their world. What Greta is doing is really important. When all the kids strike and go out, from school and say no you we have no future unless you address this issue so we will not we will not pretend that we should go forward into our uh, into our adulthood believing that this will just pass this is now we have to do it now I support them Uh, I can't do it for them they have to do it but we should be talking about this in our families we should be talking about this with Mm -hmm. our neighbors and we should be talking about it every time we get an opportunity like this
0: Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much. Pramila, would you please share with us our last thoughts that you would like our audience to be reflecting on and considering under these circumstances? I'm sorry we didn't have a chance to flesh this out more thoroughly as you and I did or you did with me recently uh, when we met. uh, And I really much appreciated that fuller picture because it touches upon a lot of the dynamics that Jamie is referring to here uh, all the way from the science all the way then to the corruption that is utterly rampant and uh, utterly prevalent that no one wants to really look at because it's so deep. The roots are so deep. But if you could just share a couple of final thoughts with
1: us.
2: Yeah. So what I think the important thing to remember is that the fracking build out And the fracking enterprise all um, uh, was predicated on the narrative of fighting climate change. Um, All of fracking was actually developed under the pretext of fighting climate change. We were, you know, it was the bridge fuel. We were going to shut down coal plants and replace them with fracked gas plants, which you know, more eco-friendly, right? So to speak. So, So I think it's important to realize that
0: not very friendly.
2: The fossil fuel industry is completely comfortable with people even striking or protesting, um, as long as it's all abstract, as long as we're not naming names and pointing fingers, which is why I think anyone who's serious about the climate crisis must understand that the very first thing we must do, step number one, after which, you know, if we don't do step number one, all other steps are utterly meaningless is we must turn off the gas. We must shut down every single gas power plant in this in the country. Um, globally, they need to go. That has to be step one, and then you know, then you know, we can do all the other things that, you know, people advocate like drawdown. Um, and I mm-hmm. think there's a lot of deception in the climate movement. Um, and I would say that the only hope for our children lies in climate truth, which is the crack between climate. Denial on the right, but climate deception on the left.
0: Very powerful. And
2: corruption, corruption is really the cause of our climate crisis. I think methane and CO2 get a bad rap. It's corruption. <laughs>
0: right. Including corruption of language and understanding. So, absolutely. Varushka, just when I was turning to you, you have disappeared. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, Because of time constraints, I want to just thank you all, Pramila Malik, Tony and James Cromwell, and Vrushka. oh, there you are, Frances. You came back for the closing. (laughs) All right, great. Would you just share with us some closing parting words with our audience, just parting for the moment?
4: Sure. Um, Can you hear me? Yes. Can you hear me? Okay. Okay, good. Um, everything that Pramila and Jamie and Tony just told us is absolutely relevant to everything that we're living right now. And I think it's really important, especially to understand that this is the number one thing that we have to stop before it's, it's like stopping hemorrhaging all these wonderful things that I I do think that there are a lot of people doing amazing things, um, in the movement in terms of, you know, drawdown and all of that kind of thing. Um, But if we don't stop the hemorrhaging, we're not gonna have a chance. And this is hemorrhaging. We're talking about hemorrhaging. The amount of methane that is being spewed into the atmosphere because of the fracked gas infrastructure. It has to be stopped. The only way we can stop it is to get people educated. People don't know about this. So this is the most important thing is to get this out to as many people as possible. To have people understand that it's time to listen to the science to listen to the people who understand this and to pay pay attention to that and then take action. Every one of us can take action, even if we don't consider ourselves necessarily somebody who's ever been an activist before. But what what is activist? What What is activism? Activism is just taking action on something that's important to you. So what's more important than the survival of not only our species, but all the other species? and to ensure the safety and health of our children's future. I can't think of anything more important,
0: so. Beautifully put. Thank you so much. I so appreciate everything from all of you. The input is important. The messaging and the broadcasting of it is of great importance. It's part of the activist activity, if you will, among other possibilities, of course, and options that each of you here have demonstrated. So again, thank you all for being guests today. And I very much would like to continue this dialogue uh, because I think it's so important and we'll budget more time next time. So in parting, I wanna thank you all, the audience for tuning in today. This is Mitchell J. Rabin for A Better World. So glad you joined us. Please go to our website at www abetterworld.tv, and there you will see the uh, article that uh, Tony's uh, colleague has driven, uh, put together. I will get it posted, and people can get more and more educated about this critically important subject, all the way to understanding our current political situation and how important that is for our next steps as a society. So thank you again, and I'll see you all next week.